Hey guys, welcome to season two, episode one of the Grad Life podcast. Um, this has been a long time in the waiting and I'm really excited to bring it to you. We've got plenty of uh, different guests doing loads of different things uh, this season and it's all going to be released in early 2020, which I'm excited about. Coming into 2020, if anyone is worried about their career or not sure what they want to do, whatever stage they're at, whether they're already working or they're a student of some sort, please do reach out to me on mrgradlife at gmail.com. Now today we're very lucky to have Chloe Best with us. Uh, Chloe is officially a uh, buyer at Primark, that's her day job. On the side she's got her own business with a couple of friends, Borrower Boutique. And thanks to Borrower Boutique she's recently actually been named on the Sunday Independent 30 Under 30 list in Ireland. So congratulations. Thank you. Um, so there's a couple of things I want to uh, cover today. Yeah. One of which I've heard many times that being a buyer at somewhere like Primark is like a dream job. Yeah, I get like a lot of people really? onto me asking how I got into it, what it's like. But I feel like a lot of people do have different perceptions of it. Right. So, like to be honest, I didn't really know a whole lot before I started. Um, it was only really a couple, like maybe like a month or so before I actually got into it. Like I learned more about it, and I was like, okay, that is exactly what I want to do. Right. Okay. So yeah, no, it's really good. So what do you tell people? If a student came up to you now and asked you, say, three questions: How do you get into it? Mm-hmm. What do you do every day? what career path could I expect? What would you tell them? Yeah. So how I got into it, I heard of a few people that were already in the job at the time. So I got in touch with them. One of them was like my cousin's best friend. So thankfully I was able to reach out to her and I was like, what is basically kind of your role? How did you get into it? How can I get into it? And I just finished college. So um, she just gave me loads of advice and I got in touch with HR put in like a cover letter um, was wondering like if there's any like interviews coming up and thankfully got in, they got back to me maybe like a week or so after. Interesting. Yeah. Did you just get in touch with HR like unofficially, like on LinkedIn or something? Yeah, so she gave me like that contact, Brilliant. which was ideal, yeah. So that's something I suggest to a lot of people all the time mm-hmm. is to be really creative and aggressive in getting yeah. grad jobs. Don't just wait for, or in any job, don't yeah. just wait for the official application to come out and mm-hmm. go through and put your CV in a pile of hundreds. Yeah. Be really creative mm-hmm. and, I guess, uh, aggressive, entrepreneurial, whatever way you want to put it. Like, yeah. put yourself out there and go on LinkedIn, type in the name of the company followed by HR, and you'll find the person to reach out to yeah. and, and just message them, and they'll really appreciate that. Because at the time, um, the HR guy that was there, he was, like, all over LinkedIn. I think that probably did happen a lot. I'm not sure if it's the same now. Um, I know they are launching, like, new internship programs at the moment, so it's probably different, but... Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's uh, like I recommend that to people all the time yeah. because people will recruit one of three ways. Mm-hmm. They'll or probably more, but they'll use their HR teams, which yeah. means a lot of hours like parsing through CVs, etc. They'll use their uh, own employees as referrals. Yeah. Those employees get bonuses for those referrals. Yeah. So they really want to bring you in, mm-hmm. or they'll use a con- recruitment consultancy, yeah. which they'll have to pay a few thousand euro to. So they're delighted to see students and young people come up yeah. and say, "Hey, hire me." And it, it does show that money. like that passion and stuff that you really do want, and I think they appreciate that. Exactly. So. Yeah, it's really yeah. cool. So that's how you got in. Yeah. How did and that was coming from a background of retail services and DIT. That was yeah. your degree. Yeah, that was okay. my degree. And what do you do every day? So how does it start? You've been there for a couple of years now. How does two, that? Yeah, two and a half years, I think, now. Right. Um, I mean, it definitely is one of those jobs that, like, every day is 100% not the same. Really, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, like, obviously, when you go in, so the kind of structure is trainee buyer, which I am at the moment, assistant buyer and then buyer. Right. So 
as a trainee buyer, you, like you go in on your first couple of months, like you'll really just be supporting kind of the team and your assistant buyer. Um, and it's a bit more like admin heavy than like I think people think it is. Like okay. I've heard girls come up to me and they're like, oh, is it just like shopping and doing all this? And I'm like, no, I wish. <laughs> like, so, so to set the my, context, they're yeah. buying from clothes manufacturers. Yeah, so it's um, the department I'm in, so it's like a wide range. So they okay. have women's wear, you've men's wear, you've home, which is the one I'm in. So it's more like right. the home accessories and like in kind of interior side. Um, so yeah, different to bar boutique, like what I'm kind of doing, which is probably good. Um, so yeah, so basically what the kind of role of a trainee buyer would be to, you kind of work with design a lot and, um, Primark is very like heavy with product development and I'm not sure if all kind of trainee buyer roles are like that in different companies, but with Primark it is very hands-on creative, which I love. A lot of people don't, but, um, so you're working with design, they kind of feed you like main kind of trends and things that are coming kind of down the pipeline and you'll work like a season ahead. So they'll like present all these like trends to you and you kind of like take from that what you think the Primark customer will like. Because obviously it's a very, it's like a different customer. They yeah, might not yeah. like these like high end designer type things. And also you can't, you know, you have to get that into cost as well. So you kind of take what from that what you think the customer will like. It may not be what you like, but you kind of have to fit it into that Primark customer. And is that data driven? Are you looking at loads of data to suggest what the buyer or what the end customer Yeah, will like? so that was the other thing about like a trainee buyer um, you're probably like the closest person to the customer, dep- okay. like depending on your age. Um, but a lot of the girls coming in there would be after you know college, so be young, and that is like the kind of majority age group of Primark. Okay. So your buyer is always like, like, re- like waiting for your feedback, or you kind of need to suggest stuff all the time, and like they appreciate you, you bringing the trends to them as well. So like if you're on social media a lot, or looking at like magazines or anything like that, just bringing the trends to your team and the buyer and everything. So. Like you're nice. just constantly kind of on it, I feel. Okay, so you, you're, you're there and you're looking at all these designs and then yeah. you choose A, B, C, and D and then you go to your senior buyer with them and say, this yeah. is what I think the our consumers will yeah. appreciate. Yeah. And then they say, okay, how do we get this under budget now? Mm-hmm. So then you'd kind of go off to the suppliers and be like, can you develop this for me? They'll go nice. off, they'll develop, they'll send in samples to you. Then you start like negotiating costs. And are you involved as a trainee? Would you be involved in negotiations? Yeah, probably not the very start, but okay. a few months on, like they do give you that responsibility, which That's is good. Really yeah, cool. it's That's really, really brilliant cool. Brilliant experience. Yeah. Now. So you're constantly meeting with suppliers. Right. Um. So they'd come over a lot, or you know, we do trips and stuff. So it is really, really interesting to work with kind of people on that side too. Where would you do trips to? Um. So when you become a assistant buyer, you do the Far East trips. You do China. Um. I know women's work work a lot with Turkey suppliers. So they'd be out there. But like maybe China for us. Checking out designs and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, okay. so it is good. But um, as a trainee buyer, probably main trips would be like European cities. Okay, yeah. Ahead. So you're doing a season ahead, picking the trends, yeah. going in, figuring out the budget, and negotiating yeah. the terms and, the, and, and all that sort of stuff then as well. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. All of those parts would make up sort of the day-to-day over the course of a year. Yeah. Anything else yeah. that you'd be doing? Um... Then you also have to then kind of do the other side. So like stuff that has come in, you have to analyze like trade and sales. And then kind of um, every Monday we have like a Monday trade meeting. So trainee buyers would then present to like the entire department, what sold that week, what worked well, what didn't work well, why you thought that didn't work well. Maybe it's like a customer issue or a product issue. So like there is like a lot of like analysis side that goes into it as well. Yeah, okay. Um, which is interesting as well, because you get to learn 
a lot like about what works, what doesn't, and then you bring that into the next season with you. Yeah. So like a lot of yeah lessons learned, which is good. God, that's cool. So yeah. do you, are you at a desk? This is a stupid question. Are you at a desk all the time? We or what are you doing? hotspot now, so it's completely changed in the last couple of months. It used to be desks, but they just felt like because it's such a creative environment, they kind yeah. of prefer people hot desking going around so like you might one day you're sitting with design one day you're like sitting with other trainees or another merch or like it is very kind of scattered which yeah, is good. Yeah. like you're constantly different working with different people right yeah so it's different every day god it's class yeah. and so uh we said before that like a lot of people think this is just the dream job and uh, yeah. some people go a bit too far and think it's just professional shopping yeah and <laughs> which is definitely not the case what would you say as a word of warning to those people who have those expectations who are applying for it i think as long as like you are passionate about it and if you are if fashion is something that you want to get into and you're a creative person i think like definitely go for it um you definitely have to be very like attention detail heavy very organized hard working like the hours can be long um like it's kind of like non-stop i feel sometimes because you're just constantly <laughs> running around the place but yeah it's not really like a nine to five like primark have like a flexible working but um like say if you've a some weeks are definitely obviously busier than other others and I'm sure that's the same case for a lot of businesses. Yeah. So say if we're trying to close off a season, that end week might just be like manic and you're constantly running around, prepping for presentations, checking samples, making sure everything like looks okay and you have all the right stuff. Yeah. Um so it's definitely not like you go in at eight or you're done. like it's a bit manic. Yeah, okay. But um I think as long as people go like go into it and they you know, they're if it is something that they want to do and like they're passionate behind it, I think, like, yeah. you're going to be fine. If I was really passionate about fashion mm -hmm. and style, which clearly I'm not. <laughs> you're doing if, okay. <laughs> if I went in there yeah. thinking that my passion would be fully exercised or fulfilled, mm -hmm. would I be right or wrong? Do you know what I mean? Like, if I yeah. went in there thinking, oh, I, I have this amazing eye for fashion and detail, mm -hmm. or fashion and style yeah. and detail, and what's going to come next and all this sort of stuff, yeah. would that really be getting used, or is it a bit more practical, no, pragmatic? Um, and I think, like, that's, that's something that you can't be taught either so if right. you like you know if you go in and you're like i am good at this like i have a good eye you know that's great and then you kind of as you go on you're like learning the other side of it so like that's stuff you can build up on whereas yeah. it's hard to teach someone like you know to have a good eye or to have you know like a certain amount of taste and stuff yeah okay so right i would have thought that it became more practical and took the kind of like the magic or the luster out yeah. of it but if the luster remains then no no it definitely does you like um, the main kind of reason I love it is I always want to do something creative. Yeah. I just necessarily like didn't really know what that was. Yeah. Um, when I was younger, I was like, oh, do I want to do fashion design? Do I want to do styling? Do I want to do photography? And then it was only when I kind of became more familiar with what fashion buying was. I loved how it was a good mix of like business and being creative. Yeah, sure. So it's not like um, like I don't think I could do full design. Like that'd be just kind of out of my comfort zone okay whereas i like having the two like the business side where you're like analyzing trade but then you're also looking at what's out there what the customer wants and yeah. designs and stuff as well so do you do photography or art or anything kind of excre creatively expressive in primark no no but outside oh, of sorry primark. yeah i would do some of the stuff for barbatique like the photography and the things like that ah so see, of course yeah okay yeah so, so like at least i kind of still get to keep that as Hobby. <laughs> yeah I was gonna ask like the difference between expression and sort yeah. of reception I guess so with the bar boutique stuff when mm. you're designing it or if you're just doing art say, yeah you're being creatively expressive and expression just feels great of any kind yeah 
in buying when you're observing other people's creative output mm -hmm. you are not being expressive yeah or do you feel like you are does it still tickle that i think it still does you also have to kind of keep in mind that you're obviously not doing it for yourself it's yeah you have to think of the broader picture and does it fit with the company does it fit with the customer is that so a I skill as well yeah because i think you have to kind of step outside your own kind of comfort zone i guess and like what you would usually go for because if that does, like it might be what the customer wants yeah but if it doesn't you kind of have to step back and be like hey what works what doesn't and kind of just being able to identify that and if it's what kind of the customer needs or wants yeah okay yeah. If I was a grad going for this job, how mm -hmm. could I prepare myself better to be? Because you say that having an eye is a natural thing. Yeah. But not everyone who has a passion for this stuff might, has the natural eye. Yeah. How do they close that gap? Um, you don't think it can be closed? No, no, I'm not saying that. Um, I'm trying to think of it. Like, there is definitely. This is a hard, uh, it's a hard one to explain because there is girls I work with that. I think they're more into the kind of um, they like they're able to kind of identify what works and what doesn't. They might not necessarily have like that. I don't know. <laughs> Getting into it here. Okay. Um, is it a female-dominated area? Um, buying. Yeah, it definitely is in the buying. Although in saying that, like menswear is majority male. Is it? Yeah. Good to know. Okay, um, didn't know that. Yeah, so it's not like yeah. Probably maybe majority female, but so you wouldn't female. you wouldn't rule it out for guys in college who no, want to get into the system. No, okay. Um, and are there many roles in it in a company like Prime? Like you, you mm -hmm. obviously know Primark, you don't know all the companies, but yeah. When you were going out looking for jobs, were there many roles, or was it a really kind of uh, tight niche you were going? Um, for? I was quite just attracted to the trainee buyer role, so I didn't really look into any others. But like, there is amazing career opportunities in there. Um, so like. You'd obviously have your buying, but then there's merchandising as well. So my friend, she was doing accounting and just was not enjoying it. Probably similar to Elle, that she felt like she kind of had to go. Yeah, in, sure. Into yeah. That. But yeah. um, and then she kind of um stopped her job in accounting and moved into retail, but she just w was working in like in stores. Right. And she's like, this still isn't what I want to do. And then I kind of explained to her what merchandising was. So merchandisers would basically support the buying, and buying would support merch. Okay. So they're more like the numbers and figures side of it. Right. Yeah. So merchandising would give the budgets to buying. Basically. Yeah. Is that right? So a lot, you'd actually see a lot of people go from accounting into merchandising. Interesting. Yeah. So it's quite similar. And they'd be doing say sales forecasts and saying, yeah. "Hey Chloe, make sure you buy a hundred thousand units of whatever you want." Yeah. So you two like you'd work together and just they almost kind of rein the buyer in. I think sometimes because yeah, the buyer wants gotcha. like I want all of these like to bring them in and. Which we're like we actually can't, you know, yeah. option wise and everything. So okay, so say you now you've mentioned buying and merch. Are there any other roles within these companies that people should be looking at? If mm -hmm. they, say if I if I apply for buying and I don't get it, yeah, where else could I look? There is lots in like the social kind of side. So there's the whole team that run like the website, the photography kind of side of it, okay. um, like the Instagram, all that sort of area, which is really cool and like visual merchandising. So there is like it's like there's a lot. Um, yeah. Then there's also like your finance, IT. Yeah, yeah, you get so, it. Yeah, yeah, okay. And I know someone doing um, design yeah. for another big kind of label over in the UK. Mm -hmm. Is that, would that tie into this or is it basically the type of company you're going for? So the company, Vivian Westwood, she's actually going to be on the podcast. <laughs> it's Vivian Westwood. Yeah. And if she was doing Vivian Westwood design, mm -hmm. would 
Primark have a design team or is it a little less so? Um, it'd probably be a lot different. Yeah, I gotcha. wouldn't be 100% sure on what that's yeah. going to be. Even, even I can yeah. appreciate that, okay. Um, but no, yeah, there is a design team. Um, yeah, so they, they'll they go to all these like shows and tr- like trunk shows and trade shows. Yeah. Um, and they'll basically go out and bring, do up this whole amazing presentation for us and have all the trends laid out for like the whole season from like macro trends to like small tiny trends. Um, right. And then they feed that back to us. And then while we're going through like the product development stage, they'll be like with us like the whole way and being like, no, that should be this, or you know, yeah. just giving us like tips and advice. That would be a pretty cool part of the job. Yeah, when they're all laid cool. out and you're kind of do. Is that the best part? What would be the best part? Best part of the job. job of my job. Or yeah, yeah, job? just the trainee job. Um, or the buyer job. It definitely is being like so heavily involved in like the product, and also kind of. You feel like so proud of it as well. Like after when something comes in that you've developed comes in store and it does amazing. Yeah. Okay. Like it's such a good feeling. So you're kind um, of placing bets. Yeah. It's does it feel like that? Um, yeah, kind of. I guess so. Like if you see that, the if you see the sales figures. Yeah. And it's like blue jumper, and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I picked the blue jumper. Yeah. And I killed it. Like that, you feel great. Or if it's a loser, you feel bad. Does it feel yeah, a bit yeah. like that? Yeah, definitely. You kind of do taking personal, even though you shouldn't. Um, because there is a t- whole team behind you as well like guiding you and like one thing doesn't get signed off just by you especially at a trainee buyer level yeah sure so you shouldn't take a person that something doesn't work but it yeah. obviously happens and someone actually told me when I started they're like um, it is like having your own business right because you kind of do have that like link or connection to the product because you're like I've seen it from the early stages of like a picture on a CAD to how it's come into a product now yeah. and in store and how then other people perceive it when it's on the shop floor yeah so yeah you do definitely like connect to the product for any entrepreneurial students or grads out mm-hmm. there that's that's one of the, what i would call the grad life values of impact and you can see it on the website uh a is for autonomy and having kind of end-to-end ownership which yeah. is extremely rare in grad jobs and early stage yeah. jobs you get it in sales and now good to know yeah. you get it in buying as well no it is really good that's yeah. a really good thing to know yeah. They do give you like a lot of responsibility, so like you'll be in charge of like a small section that you kind of like take on your own. You develop all the products in that, and they give you a bit more like free reign on that, so you right. kind of get to grips. Then when it comes to like bigger sections, you're able to like manage that better. Yeah. So okay. you do get like a lot of responsibility, but it's good because you can kind of like then you're contributing. Yeah, I got you. Okay. If that's the best part of the job, being involved in that whole process, mm-hmm. what's the worst? Um. Crazy hours? Probably crazy hours. It's hard to kind of plan your life around it, I guess. Yeah. Like, even trying to time today, it was like, oh, I could be here to all hours. And yeah. Yeah, so it is very, it's hard to kind of, yeah, plan ahead with it, I think. I can, I can attest to that. Chloe went from set time to an hour <laughs> later, back to earlier than set time. So, oh, I can no, understand yeah, that. That would be tough. Um, if, I, if you do really well as a buyer, what's the career path from there? Oh, sorry, you say as a trainee buyer, then you're to assistant. You're, two, so you're three or four years in, probably you go to assistant buyer. Yeah, so it kind of varies. It's around like two or three years. Some people go earlier, some people go later. Okay. Um, there's people in there that you know are happy in the trainee role and they kind of stay there, but yeah, it's obviously right. heavily encouraged to progress to the assistant level. So you'll go through like an assessment center and an interview, and then you'll get that like assess or assistant role. Right. Okay. So you're essentially kind of acting assistant before you get the role yeah gotcha all right yeah they give you that responsibility to see if you can handle it before yeah exactly. making it official 
So you go from assistant, then you go to senior buyer? Yeah, just buyer. And or then buyer, yeah. if you want to progress from there, it'll go on to like controller, because then you'll be like controlling over the de- whole department. Okay. So it kind of, as you go up, it gets less product involved. Yeah, kind of I'd say there's yeah. less of the fashion stuff and probably more of the so if you have buying and you have merch yeah and you and i are moving up through the ranks there mm-hmm. whichever one of us is probably more finance oriented might get that whole controller job um, Would that so be there's right, sorry, a buying controller and then there's the merchandising controller oh totally yeah. separate. okay and then they'd be directors that's probably where you gotcha yeah the okay middleman and yeah. do you see people go from buying clothes to say buying for done stores uh food or mm-hmm. yeah there is a lot of, of um opportunities to move different departments right Um, a lot of the time you'd kind of move so say if i was to get promoted to assistant they might move me to a different section because it's obviously good for you to like experience different yeah. departments Um, because women's wear would be probably completely different to home, okay which is, is that the most popular women's wear is that the, um, the hardest one i think a lot of girls or a lot of guys whenever they're trying to get into buying they're probably like yeah i want to get into women's wear yeah but, gotcha. you know people are different um a lot of people like the beauty side of it as well. There's like makeup and oh, health yeah. and beauty and stuff. Yeah. Or there's jewelry and menswear as well. So, so if, if you'd say if you're really into makeup, there's yeah. loads of places you can go and work. Like there's say uh, Charlotte Tilbury makeup, isn't it? Yeah. So there's Charlotte Tilbury and like all these different makeup brands. There's tons of them. Yeah. So these guys can all go and say be buyers or on the product um, side. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. So they probably have, to, I don't know where their head offices are. Yeah, <laughs> so sure, yeah I don't yeah, know where yeah. they go. But like if say someone has like a part-time job, even like they're doing college, their college course and then they have a part-time job saying yeah. it's Charlotte Tilbury. That'll be a good experience even if they wanted to go to the buying office in Primark because yeah, they okay. have a background then in the health and beauty or the makeup. This is really interesting because if you put this, would you go put yourselves under CPG or FMCG, like fast-moving consumer goods? Probably. Yeah, it's retail. Yeah, it's fa- yeah fast buying. If uh, for grads and students listening, if you see, if you apply for a job that's mm-hmm. a hot job like Primark buying and you don't get it, I think look look in your wardrobe look in your house everything that you bought there is a consumer product mm-hmm. every consumer product seller had to buy that product from a, uh, from the manufacturer yeah. in unless the odd case where they're making it themselves and so every one of those companies is looking for buyers pretty much and yeah. so there's tons of jobs out there if you're mm-hmm. redetermined obviously as Chloe says it kind of depends on where the headquarters is etc yeah there's loads of options out mm-hmm. there that's really good to know yeah and um, so a lot of people as well, like I, di- I wasn't aware of Primark buying office being in Dublin, right, which was okay. really bad when I was in college. Um, it was only when I got in touch with um, right. this girl, Laura, and she kind of told me about it because I was like, oh, Ireland's very... I just had a bad perception that there wasn't much in Dublin fashion-wise. Yeah, yeah. um, it was only obviously when I went out and started talking to people and then... Funny. Yeah, because there's the Dunn's buying office, Brent Thomas yeah. buying office, yeah. and uh, like, yeah, there's a lot. And I didn't apply for Google in college because I thought you needed to code. Like yeah. that's how little some <laughs> know. people know about the jobs that are out yeah. there. It's, it's man, hence this. Yeah. Um. Okay, this is all good to know. If you were going, if you were going back in time and mm-hmm. leaving college again, what would you do differently, either relative to, um, or relevant to Primark, or just totally mm-hmm. separately? What would you do differently since college? Um, so like straight after college, I actually kind of threw myself into a retail job in Brent Thomas. Right. So my sister, before I graduated, she told me, she was like, people won't tell you, but once you've left college, you'll get so many questions about, oh, so what are you doing now? And what's this? And 
she felt a lot of pressure I think when she left because she wasn't sure what she wanted to do right so she's like just to let you know like this you know just to prepare yourself because I wasn't prepared so then I almost did the opposite and panicked when I was still in my exams and I was like hey I need something for like when I come out the gate and when I'm done so I started like applying did interviews like the day before my final exams just like kind of threw myself in there out of pure panic and yeah started working in Brian Thomas and at the time I kind of wish I just took a step back and just took a break rather than going straight from exams yeah straight to a retail job that I didn't particularly enjoy and even just yeah had that time I think a little bit before I started like full I'd echo that as well. I had a week between final exam and and first day on the job, which was you did like that time. You'll never ever get that time again. It's incredible. Finishing college, like need to make the most of it, definitely. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, this is all really good to know about um, Primark. Anything? Any other tips for people looking to get into a buying career? Um. Yeah, I definitely would just try to get in touch with as many people as you know that have similar jobs, or even people like if they know of someone that's in there. Um, just to get in touch and see, because a lot of the times Primark aren't, there's not, it's not very like visible when they have um, applications going or holding interviews. That was definitely something I found that it was hard to kind of, you don't just go on the site and it's like they're apply now, especially yeah. for trainee roles because they are in high demand. Okay. So definitely just kind of start talking to people and just asking as many questions as you can. Gotcha. Google and these companies have changed the game with compensation. Mm-hmm. Uh, benefits, pay, yeah. all that sort of stuff. Where would Primark fit in in relation to that? Um, so they've introduced recently like flexible working. Okay. Um, so you kind of come in as long as it's like before like half nine, ten, and you can't leave earlier than half four. But you can kind of go in in between that. Right. Um, we finish at two on Fridays, which is nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And annual leave is um, good and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, no, really good holidays. It used to be like a flexi day, so if you built enough over time, you'd have like a day off a month. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, outside your holidays. Um, but holidays, yeah, they're around like three days. So. And given how high rent is in Dublin, yeah. it's you get paid well enough to cover that and live well. And that yeah, no, pay is good. So I think for a trainee buyer, you kind of start between 32 and 40. Okay. Sorry, 32 and 35. Right. Yeah. That's really good then. Yeah, it's good for, obviously, you can start Yeah, 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 that's better than some of the financial services companies and stuff. So yeah. that's very good for people mm-hmm. to know. So for grads listening, that, that's a very good place to start. Yeah. Um, so they kind of tick that box. Yeah. Nice. So outside of uh, Primark, you're doing Borrower Boutique, which yeah. you co-founded? Co-founded, yes. So I do it with um, a friend of mine, Johanna, and Sarah Monaghan. Nice. Yeah. And what's the mission? What are you guys doing? So at the moment, um, well, we kind of started in college, and it was very much like a college kind of sideline project. Johanna started doing it when she was kind of renting out her clothes to friends. So obviously, especially for girls, they kind of wear an item once and then they never seem to wear it again because they'll post about it on social media yeah. and it's now like so just funny. discarded <laughs> so um and she would get like a lot of compliments from friends being like oh where'd you get that or can i bu-? like her friends would just be like can i buy that outfit like yeah. out next week so it kind of started from that and i kind of felt the same like a lot of my friends would kind of borrow my clothes and we just kind of borrow each other's and um and also there was then that same way that you can only wear it once so starting first year college and then we like didn't even really know each other and it kind of got like better friends as this went on. We used it for college projects and we had like an entrepreneurial course or a lecture and used it all the time in that and it kind of built up. Right. So we'd have to do like business plans for college. And I like, love when this happens. Yeah. So it kind of just came from that. Otherwise, I don't think we would have would have ever sat down and be like, let's write a business plan. Like That's it was brilliant. kind of 
almost forced onto us, but it was really, really good. Yeah. So this so, yeah. is listened to by a lot of business students and guys engage with those, um, yeah. with those, what are they called? Cor- courses, yeah. projects. Because yeah, it was like come up with a business plan and go into groups and yeah. And we were just lucky that we kind of had that little idea anyway. So that's quite really, really good. So you kept it on the side burner. You went about your career, but you kept it on the side burner the whole time. Yeah. And now recently, it's just been going really well. Yeah. No, it's really good. That's really cool. Yeah. And, and a lot of grads out there, because normally grads get the crap work and they don't get as well paid for it as they'd like, and mm-hmm. they don't have the freedom they'd like, and they're unhappy in their jobs. Yeah. And I think a common uh, solution that would work is if they tried a passionate project on the side yeah I whether it's just a hobby like acting yeah. or doing a business whatever it might be anything mm. just getting into like something expressive or yeah um, passion based on the side so this we, is a brilliant yeah example. we kept it just as a hobby the whole way through Um it was only really till like last year the year before that we actually were like okay we should you know put more into this and yeah. put more time into it um, but yeah, no, it's been yeah, it's been amazing. So. And not to undermine, but it's actually surprisingly easy to do these things. Like you set know, up yeah. a site and you buy, say, Shopify or whatever it might yeah. be, and people think it's rocket science, yeah. but it's really not. I so think people are just kind of scared. There's a lot of people are scared scared of like what other thing people will think of them. Yeah. Like um, my friend launched a blog a couple of years ago, but she was like, I was terrified that people would just be like, oh, that's you know, just slagger and yeah. do all this and it's like no you're but you're amazing so why not use that yeah and um, but yeah i think people are kind of just scared to take that like leap to yeah, make okay. it like a business totally agree yeah and we were saying i, th- I said i was gonna uh, surprise you with the quote it's still it did not yeah. yet it's coming but on that note here's one uh, most people never start because they don't want to be seen at the bottom and That's it's a great. very true thing about this about this topic mm-hmm. um who should use borrow boutique so we kind of aim ourselves um, it's kind of that one where customer but also we started getting a lot of these like aspirational brands in right so it's kind of girls that obviously love these brands and want to wear these brands but they're just the prices are extortionate yeah sure so we'll kind of give them a chance to try these brands without you know that massive payout yeah so, yeah um, and you borrowed for a couple of days yeah exactly nice do you have to dry clean it and send it back Probably. Depends on the outfit. Sometimes we'll just look after that. Um, right, okay. Yeah, so Sarah's dad actually owns a dry cleaner. So we get a little discount on that. Made to, to, made to work. Yeah. Um, you go online, you buy it, it gets delivered to you, you pick it up. If, if you're. Oh, sorry, not buy it, you borrow yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so we do a service if you live in Dublin where we can drop it like directly to you. Nice. So we also found that like that kind of gave us more of a connection to our customers. Yeah. It's kind of more of like a personal lever- level, which we like. Um, so yeah, we'll drop the dress to you. There's also, we do like a try on service. So you pay like 10 euro and you can try on like a range of dresses and we'll bring them again to you if you're right, in Dublin. Okay. So a few girls that I know have done, um, them and their, like her and a friend had like this night out coming up. So they got together at one of their houses. We dropped over a dress, like a selection of dresses for them. They kind of had their own little like girly night and tried on all these dresses and then picked whatever they wanted for their night out. and. That's pretty. So yeah, you can kind of do it. You can do it on your obviously on your own as well, but yeah, you, there is w- like fun ways to do it. So that's class. Yeah, it's really and it good. just becomes so much more affordable to, to have a yeah. really nice thing. Yeah, so exactly. if people have weddings coming up or anything over Christmas, yeah, it's a great opportunity. Weddings, especially in graduations, even just like Christmas parties, people don't want to fork out for just one dress that they'll never wear. Yeah, okay. So a lot of the people have gone on to us and asked us for stuff. But nice. as well, I think people are kind of cutting down on over consumption and over buying. Yes. So. If they can borrow instead of buying, they'll save themselves the money, and then it's also kind of cutting down that consumption. Yeah, so, so yeah, it has that social yeah. tick box. 
Well, really quickly, because we are short on time, right. but I'm, one thing I'd love to hear your opinion on mm-hmm. is where's fashion going with all that stuff, mm-hmm. with sustainability and say fast yeah. fashion gets in a lot of trouble. And I actually heard recently that the uh, really fancy brands like Gucci or whatever yeah. burn a pile of clothes at the end of oh the year to oh. prevent it devaluing and ending up just on shelves somewhere. Okay. <laughs> it's insane. In, yeah, that's crazy. I, I don't think know if it's true. And, you know, disclaimer, I don't know if it's true, but yeah. that's just something I was told. See, when we started Bar Boutique, there was one of our massive kind of barriers was people's perception of barring. They just did not like it. They're yeah. like, why would we wear someone else's clothing? That's just so, like weird to us. And now it's all like, people are so much more open to it. And I think that kind of stigma is kind of gone now. Definitely way more companies are doing this borrowing, renting. Yeah. Um, even just, I think people are just coming more mindful that they'll just spend money on one good piece and just have that for longer. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So there's definitely way more of that and yeah. Class, yeah, I wonder where, it, it's a very interesting area. Um, and I'd follow Patagonia quite closely who are pro- leaders in kind of making this environmental move as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, guys, Borrow Boutique, check it out. If you have nights out uh, coming up in the new year, um, go yeah, online and see what touch. you can find. So, quick, couple of quick questions. Now's the time. She's <laughs> just shaking her head. No <laughs> quote. No quote. So mine was, um, very few people ever start, and most people don't start because they don't want to be seen at the bottom. So unless you think of, uh, of one in the next 30 seconds <laughs> a minute, that's going to be the, that's going right. to stick. Um, for outside of work, Good, having good crack in your 20s is uh, absolutely paramount. Yeah. What's the best holiday you've done? Oh, there's actually a few. I'm going to say Cuba. Cuba, nice. Yeah, it was ma- It was just so different. Such yeah, a culture okay. shock. Um, just kind of like a little, in their own little time warp over there, but it's so beautiful. It's amazing. It's, did you go to Havana? Havana, yeah. It's mad when you see it because you go into the shelves and it's all yeah. like, say the, I always use the ice cream as an example. Instead of having like Cornetto, Solero, red, yeah. blue, black or whatever, it's just... Great ice cream. That's yeah, it. Like exactly. that, that's what communism looks like on the inside. It's pretty it strange. Mental. Um, something you wish you did in college? Something I wish I did. Probably, probably travel more. I guess obviously at the time it was kind of money as well was probably a big part of that. But yeah. just yeah, take time to do more of those experiences. I yeah, think. time or even, becomes scarce. Yeah, even just working abroad or something. So yeah, I never really did that and kind of put myself out there for that stuff. So nice. That would be one. Uh, lastly, then before you go, what is the best advice you've ever been given? Actually, um, no, that's the second last one. Oh. More. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, probably just to do something that you love. I think my dad is definitely one to push to do that. Um, not kind of fall into the whole stereotype of you have to do medicine, you have to do law. And also not think of money as a bigger picture. Obviously, I know that's uh, crucial for a lot of people. But I think if just yeah, just to find something that you're really passionate about and kind of yeah. chase that. Money, I think, follows excellence, and then excellence follows interest. And so yeah. if you do something you're interested in, yeah. down the road, you probably like literally with anything. It could be anything silly. People will pay to see someone do something excellent. Yeah. Um, and yes, the last one was someone you look up to that these guys can maybe Google or have a look at as well. Ooh. Um. On that note, as you think, I would say Yvonne Schoenard, uh, Y-V-O-N-C-H-O-U-I-N-A-R-D. He's the founder of Patagonia, who are probably the most sustainable, one of the most yeah. sustainable clothing brands out there and real leaders in this whole stuff. He basically yeah. is a billionaire and spends all his personal money on buying actual Patagonia, the region. He owns like half of it. Mm-hmm. And he just uh, reforested it and rewilded it and everything. Yeah. It's really cool. That's amazing. Um, God, I had had my like dad in my head, but like that's not someone people nice. could research. No, a lot of people say that. Yeah, they're probably gonna research. It's just because he was like so entrepreneurial when he was younger, and he just 
like set up all these like random little businesses when he was younger just to get money for like his first car and first house. Right, and okay. Yeah, just like so motivated and kind of just like wouldn't let anything kind of get in his way and just so determined. Yeah. So that's, yeah, probably from that aspect. Nice. Sorry, Good it's not stuff. something you can, no, no. Uh, can look on Instagram. Not <laughs> at all. Stuff. Probably best. Thank you very <laughs> Thank much for you. joining. And um, guys, as I say, check in if you need uh, any help with career. Check out Borrow Boutique as well if you're looking for um, anything to wear on a nice night out. And uh, stay in touch for the next episode.